We'll be looking at our summer series inspired by A.W. Tozer, The Pursuit of God. And while so many people wonder if God is listening, I'm wondering if they're listening to God. You see, I think we get it backwards in this country and in this world. We want God to respond to us before we even listen and hear and respond to him. I believe this is pride. I believe this is selfishness at work. God is speaking. Are we listening? Are we pursuing God? So I looked up this word, pursuit, which simply means the action of following or pursuing someone or something. But to follow someone or something, you must believe they're speaking. You must believe they're leading, leading you in the right direction if you're willing to follow. But once again, I'm challenging you today, us today, to pursue God with a greater intensity, to believe that he's real and that he's still communicating with us. It's great that you believed once, but is he still doing it today? Does he still speak to us today? At times, life throws us curveballs, doesn't it? We're tired, we're confused, sometimes overwhelmed with all the noise and all the, the hardships and heartaches of, of life. So you have a tendency to stop listening, a tendency to stop caring, to stop searching. And some barely exist in many cases, just trying to get by. And I wonder why life is so difficult. When we hear God's words, it should cause us to respond and be moved. But often, instead, we're stagnant and unmovable. And I wonder if it's simply... We can't hear God's words in the midst of all the noise in our life. So today I'm asking us to actively listen, actively listen to this message to see if God is speaking to you through his words, through his gentle voice. And so you might say, what does it mean to actively listen? And I'll just tell you this, as a pastor, it's often nice when uh, you hear some amens and, and along the way. Isn't it, Jim, when you hear some amens along the way? It's a, a little bit of an encouragement, and, and you know that people are in agreement with you, and they're actually responding. And even if, even if they're not listening, an amen makes believe you are. But, but the truth of the matter is, that's, that, and there you go, sister, thank you. But the, the truth of the matter is, while, while it's nice, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, is that we need to focus on God and hear what God wants for you. What he wants for you today. Because God is a very personal God, and he wants you to respond. And he's going to speak to your heart. I believe that. If we can just get rid of all the noise that's in our life, just for a few moments, and focus on his voice, instead of focusing on other voices and other noise and all the, all the other stuff that's surrounding us and, 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 and that we're being bombarded with every day of our life. And you see, your mind can wander it can go somewhere else. Even though you're physically here, your mind can be somewhere else because of life's battles, because the week's woes, future concerns, could easily mentally take you somewhere else. And I've been saying this for years. Be who you are. Be where you are. Now, most of us claim to be a child of the King, a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. That should mean something to you. And that should mean that while he's speaking... We should be listening and responding. But you need to be in the earshot of the sound if you're going to hear those words. 
And the Holy Spirit, you need to respond to the Holy Spirit. So be where you are. You're here. You're here right now. And I believe we're in the presence of the Lord. Thank you, worship team. What an amazing worship team that we have. Thank you for your faithfulness. But we are in the presence of the Lord. And His words will be proclaimed in this church. So I'm asking you, shut out the noise. Let it go. All the things you need to do later or tomorrow, next week, this week, be here for a few moments. Focus on Him actively. In your heart, actively. In your mind. I want us to grow. Pastor Cho, I believe it was, was let him go and let him grow. Let him go and let him grow. He was releasing people to be used in the gifts. They have to hear the voice of God today. And I want to go deeper today. And I believe God will answer your heart's desires as you choose to go deeper too. Now, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today, if you don't even know what that means, today you'll have an opportunity. But you need to listen to God, and you need to respond. If you want more from God, more of the Holy Spirit, more of His presence, you need to listen to God and respond. Shut out all the noise, even now, and start going deeper, and start trying to hear His voice in your mind, and then respond. Romans chapter 10 says, Faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the words of Christ. So again, now that you're all comfortable, would you stand with me for the reading of God's words? We're going to be in 1 John chapter 1. 1 John chapter 1. Try to make it easy with all these handouts and electronic devices that you might have, or PowerPoint. Sometimes it's nice to have paper too. 1 John chapter 1. 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. That life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Let's pray. Father God, help us to understand your words, Father God. Help us to go deeper in the midst of all this noise, Lord God. Help us to go deeper, Father God, deeper in your presence, deeper in your understanding, deeper, Lord Jesus. Pour it out, Lord God. Pour it out, Lord Jesus. Oh God, we need you more, Lord. We need you more, Lord God. Help us to yearn for you, Lord Jesus. Help us to not be so busy, Lord God. Stop listening to all the noise to yearn for you. I pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. An intelligent person, or even a common man or woman, who has never been taught anything about Christianity or the Bible, would read a text like this and understand it in its plain language form. The Word was with God. And the word was God. So simply, it's a simple passage. And it equates the word with God. From the onset of this message, it begs us to two questions. At least, who is the word? A simple response is God. Clear language. Clear, plain reading of it. God equals the word. 
But God also was with the word. What? What does that mean? What does this mean? This is a bit confusing, right? Well, a further study of Scripture will also show us that the Word is Jesus Christ, who is with God in the beginning and, in fact, is God. John chapter 1, verse 14, The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word who came into this world in body form, as a baby in the flesh, life. And light is in him. He created this world and he came as a light in a dark place. And so as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we too should be the light to a lost and a dying world. We have an obligation to be a light to the lost, dying world. Shining brightly, proclaiming the good news of Christ wherever we go. We have an obligation, a responsibility. We, we have a job to do. And remember, in the garden, there wasn't pay in the garden. It was to work. And these things we have to do without thinking money. We're supposed to be Christians, disciples of Christ, doing a job. Jesus is the Word. And the Word is God. And Jesus was the Word from the beginning. And so this word, word, can mean different things. In its basic form, in, in, the, in the Webster's Dictionary, it says something, it's, it goes like this. It's something that is said or written or printed or a combination of characters presenting a spoken word. A word is a medium by which thoughts are expressed. And so from scriptures you get this idea that God wants to tell us something. He wants to tell us something about himself. He's the word. And he has words. He is forever speaking and seeking. So he's speaking forever to his creation. And these words can be written words, and they can be spoken words. And there are two primary uh, Greek words in the New Testament to describe uh, Scripture, in the Scripture, which is translated as word, speech, principle, thought. The Rima word and the Logos word, or Lagos word. The Rima word is the spoken word. It literally means utterance. Utterance. The Holy Spirit can speak to us also in various ways, in many ways, such as feelings, impressions, or experiences. God speaks through his preachers and prophets and wise counsel. But these words also must align with uh, Scripture, if they're to be the true Rima word. Now the word here, in this passage, the word here is logos, or lagos. Refers here to the name of the title of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity and is God. Jesus is the living word and his words are the inspired words of God. Now in Greek philosophy they refer to this word also. It refers to a universal or divine reason or the mind of God. But John is showing us something different here in this passage. He's basically saying Jesus is the word, the logos, and he is God. That he became flesh and dwelled upon earth with us in human form, in the flesh. And he has things to tell us. And he wants us to hear. And he wants to understand. 
And we can go now from darkness to light when he illuminates our mind and our hearts. In the, in the gotquestion.org explains it this way. Jesus is eternal. Jesus was with God prior to coming to earth. Jesus is God. Jesus is creator. Jesus is giver of life. Jesus became human to live among us. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. All things were made through him. In him was life. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. And further, the opening of John's gospel carries a striking resemblance to what we see in Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now we see, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him. This is Jesus Christ. The whole Bible basically supports this idea of God, a God who is speaking to his creation. And while he spoke in times past, and we'll see that in a few moments, he's still speaking today. He's still speaking in the present as well as the future. And we have all experienced a, a feeling um, when we spoke to people and they are just not listening. Now, I'm not talking about when you spoke to them and they fell asleep. I'm just saying when you spoke to them, and they really weren't listening. It's almost like if anyone has ever had a child or something like that, and you know for sure you're speaking to them, um, and they hear your voice, but it's like you're speaking to a wall. They seem to see your lips moving and some kind of sounds coming out of your lips, but they're certainly not listening. They're certainly not understanding. They're certainly not responding in the ways you want them to respond. And so at times, you just have to give them some more encouragement, right? And we're not going to talk about that today. But you can, you can speak, and people can hear sounds and noise, but they're not listening. They're not comprehending. And how will they respond? They need to respond appropriately. I believe this is often the same way that we, we are with, with God, as he speaks to his children. Does God still speak? Yes. Yes, he does. The Lord God spoke speaks and is speaking, but are we listening and responding? And this is what I want to talk to us about today. God spoke. God spoke. One of the greatest realities of this world is God spoke. But what's even greater reality, that God is still speaking today. And as we learned last week, divine imminence means that God is present God is here, regardless if we sense him, regardless if we even feel moved, he's here. And then we need to realize this, and then we need to actively respond. Instead of passively sitting and waiting for his soon arrival, or waiting for him to force himself upon us. Remember, he has already made the first move, and he continues to make that move. But are we listening? Do we hear his voice? Are we responding? The voice of God is the most powerful force in nature. He holds everything together by his powerful word. All things exist because he spoke it into existence. And while the Bible is the written word of God, it's, it's timeless. It's true in all seasons for all cultures. Right? We know that in our heart. We know that this, this Bible is confined to ink and paper and now the digital, virtual world. But these words, it's not limited to these words. 
He does not have to remain silent because he put it in print, because he provided us with words in the past. No, no. The Word of God is alive and active. The Bible says the Word of God is living and active. The words I speak unto you are spirit and they are life. John chapter 6, verse 63. So God's words are powerful words. But only those words are spoken, and they're spoken truth. And they correspond, those words correspond to the words that he spoke into the universe. God spoke in the past, and he still speaks to us today. And he will speak to us tomorrow. And while we have these biblical words, these these written words, these powerful words, these very true words of God, he still speaks with us today. And if we're not careful... We get, caught up, we get caught up in a world where God spoke and stopped and stopped speaking. Well, let's not get caught up there. Psalms chapter 33, verse 6 says, By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, the starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the water of the sea into jaws. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all people of the world revere him, for he spoke. And it came to be, it came to be, the Bible says. He commanded, and it stood firm. So yes, God spoke. And things that weren't now became to be. God spoke to nothing and nobody, and somebody became of it. Chaos heard it, and it became order. Darkness heard it, and it became light. So God spoke to man even before he was speaking, even before man existed. Before man was even to hear words, God was speaking. God spoke. In Genesis, we see that God created man, and he continues to speak with man and woman. In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God spoke in the past to our forefathers, through the prophets, in in many ways and in various, in many times and in various ways. So God spoke through our forefathers and the prophets. And this is the main way that he communicates to man, that he communicates to people. And he did this many ways, many different ways, and through various times, and through various people, and through various course of history. He spoke to Adam. He spoke to Moses. He spoke to Abraham. He also spoke to David and Solomon. And little by little, little by little, he reveals the truth, the words of God. But he never fully revealed it to anyone. They were given words over time, little by little. He spoke, he spoke, but he never spoke to everyone everything at one time. But the point is, God clearly spoke. He spoke before man was even created. He spoke to the forefathers and prophets. And now we see that he speaks to his son and through the Holy Scriptures. So God speaks. God spoke, and God speaks. And we now have a collection of books, 66 books called the Bible, inspired words by one author, written by 40-plus writers over 1,200, 1,400 years. The Old Testament, they say, is God's words concealed, but the New Testament is God's words revealed. And it's always pointing to Christ. It's always pointing to Christ. They reveal Jesus Christ as the Word of God, as the scarlet thread in the Bible is Jesus Christ. All woven through the book, the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, are messages pointing us to Christ, 
and the cross and him being crucified. When Jesus came to earth, he was simply God walking in the flesh. God in body. And he communicates to us now through his son. Hebrews 1, verses 2 and 3. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, who he appointed heir of all things, and through whom he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. As Dr. Jeremiah says, God took deity and poured it into humanity. God's revelation to us is no longer a mystery that was revealed in the past. God spoke, but now God speaks to us through his son, and through the Holy Scriptures. And the tragedy is, are we listening? Are we listening? And often because of fear, because of the busyness of life, because of all the noise, we have a tendency to stop listening. We have a tendency to stop responding, stop hearing, stop focusing, stop paying attention. When God spoke out of the heavens and said, This is my son, Whom I love, with him I am well pleased. People didn't listen. People didn't really understand this. So many people choose not to hear God's voice. They choose not to believe. They call it thunder. They call it noise. Some people just can't explain what it was. So they call it everything else but calling it God's words. Because then they would have to do something if they heard and understood his voice. So man runs and hides from God, where he should be listening and bowing down and taking a knee. He should be submitting to God and be in a state of awe. Jesus comes as the Word and continues to speak from the Father, and yet we don't listen. John chapter 12, verse 49 through 50. For I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that His command leads to eternal life. So whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say. God spoke, and now God speaks through his scriptures and his son Jesus, and he's still speaking. God is speaking. God is speaking. Ladies and gentlemen, get that in your core. God is still speaking. But many people still question this. They still ask, does God speak? Does God still communicate to us? The simple answer is yes. Yes, he does. While we're not adding to scripture, we're not adding to doctrine, he still speaks. God is still God. And God still speaks. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And while he spoke to the prophets, and he speaks through the Son, and he gives us the words of God, he's still speaking to us today, and will be speaking to us tomorrow, and will be speaking to us in the future. He is still speaking. He is still seeking. He is still reaching out to us and desiring us to respond, to respond back to him. If not, why should we pray? If not, why should we seek God? If not, why are we communicating to a God who just won't respond back to us? Or maybe he can't hear us. Or maybe what's worse is that he chooses not to respond to us. This makes no sense to me. Our efforts would be a waste of time. And they would have no consequences. And his words would not be true. 
So many preachers and ministers say the Bible is closed. They're closed. Therefore, God can't speak anymore to us. I understand what they're trying to say, but I don't understand this thinking. God is the God who speaks. He has been speaking to us from before creation even was. So he was speaking before we even existed. God speaks, but are we listening to his voice? Are we listening? He, he woos us. He calls us. He reaches out to us. He sent his son. He gives us the Bible. He gives us the Holy Scriptures. Are we listening? Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 11. Ask. It's something we do. Ask. And it will be given you. Seek. And you will find. Knock. And the door will be open to you. For everyone asks, receives. And who he seeks, finds. And to whom knocks, the door will be open. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, I, love, I just love the writing of this, right? If you then, though you are evil, know how to do good gifts and give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father, how much more, underline that, how much more, if you know to do good, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask? So why call out to a God if he can't respond? Or won't respond. Or chooses not to respond. That makes no sense to me. Why would we do it? Let's pack it up and go home. It makes no sense. So do we believe these scriptures are true? Do we believe these words are true? What he is saying to us is true. You see, it's a choice. I choose to believe this. We, he, he, he hears us. And I believe he's speaking to us. All the time. And there are people who come into this church... And I know if you ask them, and I had a chance to give them the testimonies, and you hear their stories, they will reveal that this is true. They will reveal God in a mighty way to you. They will give testimony after testimony of the miracles, of the healings, of the great moves of God, the great moves of the Holy Spirit, the pouring out, the blessings, the gifts that he would bestow on his people who trust him. This is not in their imagination. This is not. The camp experience was not a figment of their imagination. The experiences I had in my life are not an imagination. They're not conjured up. I was too young to even understand how much power that God has. And he releases into the atmosphere. And he releases it into our hearts. And he wants us to move. He wants us to be bold. He wants us to do something significant. He doesn't want us to stay stagnant. It's not in our imagination. God showed up and manifested himself in the natural and the physical, but he also does it in the spiritual. Hallelujah! God wants to move through this church. God answers prayers. God listens to our hearts cry. God is communicating with us on a regular basis. Are you listening, church? Every one of us have experienced these feelings of awe. We're unable to explain it. Such, such loneliness at times. A feeling of awe. A feeling of, of wonder. A feeling that there must be something greater out there. That, that what we're being taught in the world can't just, can't just be that. We don't, we don't just exist to exist. Maybe we had some fleeting moment of some, some strange visitation. A vision. A dream. That was so real to us. Can't explain it. We don't even want to explain it. Natural reasons won't answer it most of the time because it's spiritual in nature. It's in your mind. It's in the immaterial part of you. And you often get a glimpse or just a partial view of it. And I believe those occurrences are the God's presence being manifested in you. Hallelujah. 
God is speaking to us. He wants us to know Him. He wants us to feel Him. He wants us to communicate with Him. He wants us to know Him in such a real, tangible, and personal way. You can experience this God. And in fact, I believe that all creative ideas, music, poetry, drawing, whatever it might be, design, painting, ambitions, foresight, you got the list. You can keep going that list. All of that, all of that is God speaking through us, through you, through me. We often take credit for it. That's what we do because we're selfish people and prideful people. But it's first perceived in our mind and then our inner parts of us. And then we put it down to words or drawings or some kind of expression through dance or something that comes out of it. Where did it come from? It came from God. It came from God. Every good gift comes from God. Oh, we take credit for it. Well, I just thought it up. I just conjured it up while I was doing a blunt. If you don't know what that means, don't ask me. Ask somebody else. But people go into this crazy world, and they start taking drugs and all these other things, and they're like, ooh. But let me tell you something. You don't have to do that. God is a God that reveals himself to us. They reveal, he reveals himself to us. He's communicating through us. He's communicating through your giftings. These gifts are from God. Everything that you have came from God. You just don't give him credit. There's an inner voice. God's voice is being downloaded. Shekinah glory is shining on you and going into your mind and downloading things into your mind. Good gifts are from God. No one needs to fear it, but we often resist it. The God of heaven and earth exists, is real, and is communicating to you. Are you listening? See, we have a problem in society. We lost the ability to listen. We lost the ability to focus. We live now in this what we call virtual world where we just need a phone, a laptop, and a large screen TV, maybe a refrigerator and a bathroom, and we're all set, right? Isn't that how it goes? Now, I'm not knocking it, but maybe one day, too, we'll have some larger TV, screen TVs. Um, their times are changing, and we need to change with the times at times. But while our message of Christ crucified never changes, some of our methods can change and adjust and catch up to current times. But many people are still unable to focus. They lost what I call the art of listening. And even now, you might have mentally gone to, gone to sleep. I don't know how that's possible, but it's possible. Thinking about what you need to do later or tomorrow or at work or the busyness of life. You know, many kids today have this little thing, I forget what it's called, where they hold it in their hand and they just spin it. Yeah, you know what it is. I don't even want it on my lips. Because if, if they don't have a phone, they now need to spin, spin, spin. Spin, ay, ay, ay. My aunt says, Ishka Bibbles. I, I don't understand. Always spinning. But the funny thing is, while I was thinking about it, isn't, that, isn't, this, isn't, this, isn't this how we do life? We just spin our wheels. Spin and spin and spin. We don't get traction. Spin and spin and spin. We're unproductive. Spin and spin and spin. The truth is, we get more things done, Christians, when you follow God's plans in six days 
then the world gets done in seven because he breaks down barriers. He opens up opportunities. He changes the atmosphere when we seek him. When we seek him first and bless him, we get more things done with less effort, with less energy. He restores the years of the, that the locust has eaten. There's, he, he redeems. He restores. He reshapes. He gives us visions. He downloads stuff. Come on, church. You've got to understand this, that we can do more through God than we can do through the world's standards. And he wants to bless us. But we've got to hear him. Psalms, verse, chapter 46, verse 10, says it this way. God says, be still. Hallelujah. Know I am God. Be still and know that I am God. Get that in your heart. If you hear nothing else, slow it down. Shut it down. Be still and know I am God. This God must be real to us. We must understand that he's real. If not, why follow him? Why serve him? Why sacrifice for him? Why give to anybody? Just because we're nice people? Just because we've got nothing else to do with our money and our time? Slow it down and you will pick it up in his, his economy. That's how it works. Take his principles and you will be elevated to new levels. Slow it down. Quiet down. Know that I am God. This is the beginning of wisdom and understanding. This is good stuff, church. This is good. You got to get this. Know that I am God. There's something about waiting on God. There's something about listening to God. Be still and know I'm God. We just got to quiet down and enter into his presence. Sometimes we need to just sit and remain quiet. Bask in his presence. Wait for his perfect timing. How can we hear when everyone's talking? How can we hear when the TV's going? How can we hear when the wheels are spinning, 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 spinning? Out of our minds sometimes. How can we focus when our mind is on our trouble? How can we focus when our mind is somewhere else? Sometimes you need to just stop. Shh. And know that he's God. And know that he's in control. And know that he got your back. And know that he got it. Doesn't mean you don't do your part. But just shh. Feel his presence. Understand his ways. It's important for us to focus and fix our gaze on Jesus Christ and him alone. Active listening. Active silence. Active seeking him. We need to ask and seek for his presence. Listen to his quiet voice. And you will receive. Can't imagine what it was like in the garden. I just, I just can't imagine. I wish I was there for a few moments to hear the sounds of his presence. The wind walking in the garden. And maybe the voice of him calling from afar. And put your name there. Anthony. Jocelyn. Arthur. Caitlin. The closer and closer he gets. Closer. We start listening more. You hear his voice. It starts becoming clearer and clearer and clearer and louder and louder and louder. And now he arrived. He's here. We see him with our physical eyes now. And more clarity and more understanding. 
And he starts speaking to us and illuminating our hearts. And it starts burning. And it starts a fire within our gut and in our being. And we just start getting filled with joy and happiness. And we just start experiencing his love and his grace and his mercy. And peace comes all over us. This can happen as we study the Bible. This can happen when we start singing praises and lifting up our holy hands. This can happen when we hear the preaching of God's words and we respond. This can happen when we make time for God and bask like the children did for hours at the altar instead of running and hiding from his presence. But these things will never happen if we're scared. Never happen if we put the brakes on. Never happen if we just stop listening. They will never happen if we just choose not to slow things down and bask in his presence and listen to his still voice. These things will never happen if we don't believe that we can receive more. And when we reject his voice, When we reject him saying, I want to bless you. I want to give you more. I want to pour it out. Like Jim said today, there's a bucket up in the air filled with water just waiting for it to fall. And we stand over there and we stand over here. But you got to be here when it falls. You can't be outside. You can't be somewhere else. you got to be here when that bucket tips and you get soaking wet. You have to be in that circle. You have to say it's going to fall and be there. Now, sometimes you might just walk under it. And bam, you get it. But that's not what we want. We don't want luck and chance. We want to be searching and seeking and wanting and desiring. Amen. I don't know about you. That's what I want. Why do we expect a powerful move of God if we decided not to listen? If we decided not to respond? We say we are disciples. We are believers. We are Christians. But what does this mean? Are we any different than anybody else? Are we any different than anyone? We have a distinction. First, we're Christians. We're Christians first. Denomination and all that other stuff. Second, we're Christians, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we have something more. I believe in my heart. Don't, I, don't want to, don't, I don't want to say this wrong and correct me later on the side in private. I want the more. We have a distinction. We are spirit-filled Pentecostals. What does that mean to you? Why is that even important? What does it even look like for us today? Why fear his gifts? Why fear his power? So many people are aware of God who spoke in times past, but they don't see him speaking today. Maybe they believe he existed, but they don't want to speak today. Or they, or they believe the gifts were closed in the scriptures. They were then. And for those apostles then, and for them thousands of years ago. No, there's so much noise in the church, so much busyness that we don't, we don't hear these words of God anymore. We believe in the God who still speaks today. Not just yesterday, not just in the past, but he's real, he exists, and he speaks today. And so we so often reject these words of our forefathers and prophets. We reject the written words. Let's say that for today, we reject the spoken word of his son. But the facts are God speaks today. And Jesus said, I will send you the Holy Spirit, the one who teaches us and guides us in all truth. This is for today. God still speaks today. Are you listening? Are you listening? Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. But many of us reject the Spirit of God. 
The book of Acts tells us clearly that it's a gift. Wait for the promise. They eagerly, eagerly waited for this promise. And you could say, well, it happens soon. And I don't want to wait through two years or five years or whatever. But they were actively waiting. In Acts chapter 1, verse 14, they all joined. They all joined constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary and mother of Jesus and with the brothers. They were mindful of the Holy Spirit. They expected his words to be fulfilled. They eagerly waited for his fulfillment to happen. And while this is all true, salvation is a gift. It's a gift. And at salvation, you get the Holy Spirit. We're all fully saved. But we don't get everything that we needed at salvation for life. We're still a work in progress, right? In other words, salvation is an ongoing process. Salvation and being saved in the past, in the present, in the future. You are saved and you continue to be saved and you continue to grow in your faith and understanding. You are saved and you are set free and God does have more for you whether you understand this or not or want it or not. But fear often stops us from the more. The fear of unknown. And when the fear of God stops us from the more, in a sense, we reject God. We reject the Son's gift. And we grieve the Holy Spirit. And so in these, these few moments here, the Holy Spirit has many functions. He distributes gifts according to his will. He comforts us. He leads us and guides us in all truth. And so we reject the Holy Spirit. We reject God.